Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I am not Liz Loza. I am not Matt Harmon. They are off in New Orleans, do whatever people do in New Orleans with the rest of the Fantasy Football Live crew. My name is Brett Rader. I produce this podcast. And joining me this evening, I got Scott Pianowski, our regular Sunday night contributor. How's it going, Scott? I'm doing great. Why does Liz have all those beads? Whoa. Uh, come on. Let's not get fired here. Dalton Del Don, usually on Thursday nights, joining us on a Sunday night. How's it going, man? Doing all right. How's it going, guys? Let's talk some football. Let's talk yeah. some football. Let's start with a little segment we call Tomorrow's Headlines Today. Dalton, you get us started. You're the guest here on Sunday Night. Tell us what your headline is for today. Sure. In a week where the talk has been all Chiefs-Rams, man, the Saints just really put on a show against the Eagles today. Winners of nine in a row. And it is just so frustrating to someone who, who lost with them in Survivor in week one. I just can't imagine what that spread would be today. It's just just so infuriating. Uh, this team leads the NFL in points per game. They, they just tied the NFL record. It's their sixth game with more than 40 points. Four team in NFL history with three games of 45 or more points this year. They did it today without their left tackle, Armstead. I mean, listen, I'm obviously not stating anything crazy here, saying how awesome the Saints are. But man, I mean, today they're seriously throwing deep to Alvin Kamara on fourth down up 38 to seven, know, having him return punts before that. They're even seriously contemplating going for it on fourth and goal up 45 to seven afterward. Even when Sean Payton gets cute with, with Taysom Hill and, and Austin Carr even scored a TD today, still keeping fantasy owners happy somehow. I mean, Drew Brees is a 25 to one TD to INT ratio this season. We all know about how good Michael Thomas's catch rate has been Mark Ingram is now a top 15 fantasy back with a teammate, Kamara, who is up to 15 touchdowns. And now we can even talk, you know, Traquan Smith, whom we'll talk more about later. I just want to say thank you, Saints, who just happened to be at home against the Falcons come Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, a game in which the over should be. Over-under is, I think it opened at around 60 points. <laughs> so thank you, New Orleans, and more goodies to come. And, you know, Sean Payton was probably trying to cover that over under because he got no help from Philadelphia. Somehow this game goes under with the Saints scoring 48 points. This might be the best Payton and Breeze team. This is a team that's already won a Super Bowl with those guys. But this team might be better than the 2009 team. To get that honor, they'll have to win the thing again because at this point, anything short of the Super Bowl is a disappointment for this juggernaut. When I wrote about the Rams and the Chiefs this week, I, I had to throw the Saints in there because it, it's like the big three. Right. These offenses just put the numbers up every week. On the flip side, I thought the Saints would win. You know, they're seven to nine point favorites all week, but I thought the Eagles would at least run with them a little bit. 
They threw up a seven-point stinker. Wentz has his worst game in probably the whole season. He on a four or five-game roll before today. And you know, other than Josh Adams, who was really efficient on his 10 touches, I always want to see more of this guy. I think defenses hate tackling him, runs people over. But, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you fall behind by multiple scores, almost when the game starts. And, you know, Wentz, maybe it's the fact that they couldn't get Ertz comfortable. I mean, he only had three targets, two catches, getting shipped at the line of scrimmage. The rest of the NFL would like to know how to stop Zach Ertz. I mean, he had all those double-digit catch games. Last week, he looked unstoppable. Uh, on a day where Ebron doesn't even draw a target, Zach Ertz only has two for 15. These guys were Week 10 winners, and now they're guys who beat us in Week 11. But I got to figure that maybe the Eagles just ran to a buzzsaw at the wrong time. Maybe the Saints' defense is a little better than we thought. Maybe the game getting out of hand screwed up what Peterson really wanted to call. But it was frustrating. I had Wentz and DFS today. Had a lot of Eagles interest. I thought the offense would be fine. I didn't think they had any chance of stopping New Orleans with a secondary that's been ravaged by injury. So, I mean, the Saints getting their 40-plus, I think most people expected that. But I was shocked at how poorly Philadelphia played today. Yeah, my partner in the Super Contest, Chris List, like donkeys, made us take uh, the Eagles and the points. But seriously, in all honesty, I recommended Aguilar anywhere I could. They've just been getting, getting killed in the slot. So I think I used him in DFS. Uh, that that didn't go well. Man, the Saints, any other year, they would just be prohibitive favorites. They just look flat. Their resume just looks looks awesome. But in this year, man, the postseason is going to be fun. Yeah, as a as a Wentz owner and a playoff, uh, a fringe playoff contender in one of my leagues, I'm fighting for that sixth spot. I uh, started Wentz today. Not not looking good going into the fantasy playoffs. I don't know if my hopes are really good, but Scott, that leads me into your headline for the day. It's uh, Eagles related. Tell me about it. Yeah, we talked about Wentz a little bit, just that no show, and maybe it's tied to Ertz. But we also have one of the takeaways, even though Golden Tate was the quote unquote leading receiver today, yeah. five for 48 on eight targets. You know, he did almost nothing in the Dallas game previous week. You yeah. couldn't play in the hurry up sequences because he didn't know the terminology of the offense yet. And some of their shorthand stuff we saw today, a day really underscored how hard it is for receivers to change teams. Midseason Tate, two quiet games, uh, Demarius Thomas off a of buy no less was shut out at Washington. It's not like Washington has some shutdown defense and a really quiet game for Mari Cooper, who admittedly did look really good in Dallas's first two games and they won. So they're not going to complain, but you know, for all the fun of the trade deadline, the NFL used to have a dud of a trade deadline, and I understand why teams were reluctant to do controversial things or to add new players. I don't mind so much when a running back changes teams, but when receivers change teams, that's terminology, that's timing. That's a lot of complicated things that you have to figure out in a short amount of time. And as a Golden Tate owner, I wish I could just put him back on the Lions. Not that the Lions are going anywhere, but at least he knew everything where he had a rapport with Stafford. I just wonder that maybe Tate won't be playable the rest of the season. Yeah, it's kind of tricky because he and Aguilar both play the slot. I know Tate mm-hmm. can go on the outside some, but I know he only played 29% of the snaps the first game. I'm sure it was more today, but I hear you. As a Tate owner, you definitely just wanted the status quo. What I'm hearing from you guys is we need to trade more kickers at the deadline, right? That's just plug and play, right? <laughs> kickers? No, I thought we were trying to get kickers out of fantasy. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of people traded at the de- receivers traded at the deadline, Demarius Thomas, Squadoosh. Yeah, um, you know, they have their offense is about Hopkins. Their their offense, I guess, is about QT, who looked pretty good today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thomas had a lot of leakage in his game when he, when he was with the Broncos. He would run iffy routes sometimes, and he would give up on balls. He usually dropped a lot of passes, yeah. which you, you'll take it if, as long as they keep feeding you the targets. But even when Thomas was a great player, I always felt like he left some stuff on the table. Maybe Houston's just realizing, look, they had the big injury to Fuller. They felt like they needed to do something. 
but they're not going to be married to something that isn't working either. Not that Thomas won't play, but maybe he's just going to be buried on this pecking order, not just behind Hopkins, but maybe QT is the number two option in this passing game. Yeah, I try to talk myself into Thomas today with Hopkins maybe getting shadowed by Norman, QD, uh, however you pronounce it, getting banged up. Uh, but boy, what a bust. Just one target. After Thomas caught those three catches right away, the first quarter, first first action, uh, he's just been uh, invisible since. So I can't see trusting him or starting him moving forward. I mean, I think you could even cut him, right? I mean, if, yeah, if you... I think, yeah, he might be done. Yeah, wow. I think all the signs there. I, I'm totally on board with you. I'm, I'm fine with cutting him at this point for sure. Uh, moving on to one of the surprise stories of the day. Not since Gus Farratt have we had a fantasy-relevant Gus, unless you can think of another one. Gus Edwards. Scott, tell me about this guy who popped off and, and shoved Alex Collins right out of the way. Yeah, well, I'll update myself by mentioning Gus, the the kicking field goal-kicking mule that's that's going back a few days. But and I, I guess the Ravens have the field goal-kicking mule and, and Justin Tucker, so they're already mm-hmm. covered there. But, you know, I have Alex Collins in, in my most important league, which is the Stopa League with, with Dalton. And when Collins got the early touchdown, I was like, okay, here we go. Bengals, you know, good matchup. They're favorite at home. And Collins was watching the rest of the day. He's watching Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, carry the ball 27 times. When has that happened? That's going to be close to a record. And Gus Edwards, undrafted out of Rutgers, Gus the bus Edwards, because he, <laughs> he looks like a Jerome Bettis type, you know, 238 pounds, running, trampling all over the Cincinnati defense, 17 for 115 and a touchdown. And this is an offense and a team. Okay, Jim Harbaugh, they're fighting for his job. The Ravens, five and five, fighting for their playoff lives. They're not going to kiss any rings here. They don't care that Alex Collins was really good for the last two months of last season. They may have to play with an inexperienced quarterback in Jackson. He only threw 19 passes today. They may need to play it close to the vest. And most of those routes he was throwing to, I mean, really short, really simple, one read. And if it's not there, just take off. I think Gus Edwards becomes a mutt. If you have any fab chips left, I'm two-handing them into the middle of the pot and saying, give me Gus Edwards. There's no time to wait. Running back is skank this year. If I can get anybody with a pulse, anybody behind a decent offensive line, anybody behind a team that wants to play the style of football. Most teams are playing wide open, throw it all over the lot. The Ravens want to play like it's 1975, like a Nebraska offense. They're not going to throw the ball all that much. So Gus Edwards, I had nothing to say about Gus Edwards before this week. I didn't rank him. I didn't think about him. He didn't exist in my world. But when you see the signature significance of this, you see how little Collins played, you have to react. You go get Gus Edwards right now and spend every cent if you have to. Yeah, rank him. I, I never heard of him. I, I admit I had Alex Collins as my RB11 this week. I, I was aggressive. I loved his setup. And then I, before I even sat down, he had a touchdown and I was like patting myself on the back. But <laughs> he had his flat out benched and it wasn't even the, the fumbling problems that he's had in the past. And, and if you had told me Gus Edwards broke out, but Buck Allen and Ty Montgomery did nothing. Um, I, I, Gus Edwards, uh, you're, I totally agree with you in principle. You need a, If he's the guy, it doesn't matter what the pedigree is. And at this time of year, might as well spend your fab for sure. But I have no clue, the player, but um, the opportunity may be there. Good thing they got Ty Montgomery, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's bizarre. Any quick thoughts on Lamar Jackson? He actually has two more rushing yards today than Edwards does. Well, rushing production is a cheat code for fantasy. We can get it from a quarterback. So if he can just be adequate as a passer, maybe throw for a touchdown a game, he'll end up being – I don't know about you, Dalton. He was so cheap in Yahoo DFS at 20 bucks. I just felt like you had to throw him out there, and then you could load up on the – positions that you know you're going to get points out of. I, I saw in the Stopa League, all 12 of us played Ezekiel Elliott because he was a little bit mispriced. Mm-hmm. But the way yeah, you get to those running backs, you, you start yeah. two or three of them in DFS is you, you buy the $20 Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, I mean, a way of looking at it, 120 rushing yards, it's like he threw three touchdowns. So, yeah, right. if he keeps doing that, yeah. I mean, uh, it's too bad for, like, Willie Sneed as a sleeper, and I love John Brown, the player. As far as fantasy terms, you have to downgrade these receivers. But fantasy-wise, yeah. sure, sure, Jackson's a fun player, though, fantasy-wise. But, yeah, the receivers, you got to bury him. Let's move on to our last headline of the day. As producer of the show, I apologize, because last week we were singing the praises of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, gosh, how we were wrong. Can we trust this team anymore for the rest of the season? What a frustrating team. Forget the Titans, right, Dalton? Yeah, well done. Yeah, Hey, I was on board with them. Uh, Mariota, I really liked today. I really liked Corey Davis. Obviously, those things might might be related. Mariota, at minimum, would have got some garbage time, I at least hope, in the second half if he didn't leave her. But... Yeah, what a disappointment, disaster of the Titans are. I mean, Deion Lewis just, I, I thought that, you know, Indy's been running, uh, typically runs a faster pace offense. And, and, and what more can we say about luck? Seven straight games of three touchdowns. It's just wild. But yeah, very disappointing in, in the Titans today. Five straight games without a sack. Luck has finally, he's like your friend who's in the bad job or the bad relationship. And you're like, oh, he's such a good guy or such a good girl. I just wish they'd get a break. Yeah. Wish they'd get the good job or the, the good relationship, you know, or the the good apartment to rent, whatever it is. That's how I felt about Andrew Luck. He's had a horrible offensive lines and bad coaching mm-hmm. for a while. Now he is Reich. Now he has that great offensive line. But the thing with Mariota, it's funny how Mariota and Winston, who are always going to be linked because they were one, two in the draft class, they're now yep. linked by something else. You never know if they'll finish the game they start. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tampa Bay has gone to the bullpen three times this year. That's unheard of in today's NFL. You know, this isn't like a baseball game where you're like, okay, give us five innings. We'll go to the other guy. Or if you don't have it, we'll take you out in the third inning. The quarterback generally starts the game with Mariota. He's been be- he's been hurt by injuries, elbows hurting again. Part of getting on board with the Titans was thinking that Mariota was healthy, but that's all out the window. You know, Gabbard ended up with some good garbage time stats, but I mean, he also had a horrendous pick that's going to be played on gifts forever. And now, you know, we got to take Corey Davis down. We got to take the offense down. I mean, this is Tennessee. I thought maybe they could be a frisky sneak in the playoffs type of team, but not with Mariota hurt. And even when he comes back, you just have to feel like this, maybe that 20, 15 to 20% chance he doesn't finish the game. He starts. You can't do that with fantasy. You can't, go in with somebody you're not confident is going to finish. Mariota is officially off any list that I will endorse. And I, Corey Davis, who I thought might be a receiver too, if, if Gabbard's going to play, Corey Davis is like a receiver four, receiver five. He's off my list completely. Yeah, uh, until until next week when they, when they go off and they look incredible again. I, I can't get a hold of this team. They've been confusing to me all year. Let's move on to our next segment. It's called At Me. Don't at me, bro. Hey, that's my voice. Uh, we asked our fans, our followers on Twitter, which players brought you one step closer or farther to the fantasy playoffs today. Armchair Jays says T.Y. Hilton. We were just talking about the uh, Tennessee game. Let's talk about T.Y. Hilton a little bit. Yeah, you know, it used to be a thing. That why did the Patriots bench Malcolm Butler for the Super Bowl? Now it's like, why did the tech, <laughs> why did the Titans put him out there to get toasted? You know, Hilton did whatever he wanted today after a couple of quiet games, just a real explosion spot for him and. We talked about luck earlier. This is a really good schedule going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dolphins, Jaguars aren't the same defense. The Texans, you can make hay on them. Uh, the Giants sitting in week 16. I mean, maybe it's not the easiest schedule, but it's a favorable schedule. Again, luck hasn't been sacked in five weeks. And the one difference maker in this passing game is Hilton. You, know, you don't really know what tight end they're going to use week to week. And they've thrown in some guys who are only going to get three to four looks a week. But Hilton is the one standard of this offense. He's a borderline receiver one for the rest of the season. And I could see him being somebody who's a difference maker who actually wins fantasy championships for people. 
Yeah, I like the idea of Hilton being uh, due for a blow-up game, but I admit I, I bumped him down a little bit, uh, and I let the Adore Jackson shadowing get to me, and obviously too much, and one of those deep catches was on Jackson. It wasn't even mm-hmm. Butler. So, And sometimes I, I personally overrate that. You know, you scheme, and, and guys, even when they you – know, the receivers, they move around formations. So it's a very good game by Hilton and, and this Colts team. I was talking um, – I brought up uh, – entertained the Colts at 100-1 to win the Super Bowl last week, but then I thought, you know, what's best-case scenario they're just going to get you know killed probably in the second round to those dominant top teams but this team is interesting and after this performance i'm curious what those odds drop to uh they're they're they have more more potential than i certainly gave them credit to before the season started two other things about the cults i like how reich will scheme short touchdowns for hilton it used to be the hilton had to score from distance and he wasn't even on the field a lot of times in the red zone or was just a decoy they will actually use him inside the 10 now and design plays where the other players in the route are designed to get in people's way, pick plays to get Hilton open. The previous regime didn't do this. I wonder if Reich is going to regret that tie that they turned into a loss against Houston. Remember he went for it in overtime Mm. in their own territory, basically gifted a win to the Texans. And look, I get it. We've had so many milquetoast coaches who are afraid to be aggressive that it was nice to have somebody just kind of put the chips in the middle and say, I'm going for it. But that seemed like a time when you punt, you take the tie. You don't give the win to a division opponent. I'd hate to see the Colts miss the playoffs because of that one decision. Yeah, that's crazy. It all comes down to that. And that kickstarts the Texans having this great season all of a sudden. Anyways, let's move on. Nick uh, says Emmanuel Sanders, only uh, four catches for 56 yards today against the sad little Chargers. Yeah, it was a tough matchup. Desmond King's been shutting down the slot receivers um, all year. Obviously, the quarterback situation there is, is bad, especially on the road where Keenum has struggled. So that's not entirely unexpected, but sorry. I mean, that he just needs to get better quarterback play for his fantasy value to yeah. go back to what it once was. It's as simple as that. You know, another thing today is that the Chargers were a little bit wider with their distribution. Okay, with only 20 catches, there were actually 10 people who were targeted and nobody targeted more than six times. It was Cortland Sutton who had the big catch on that final drive. Uh, Chargers letting a lot of people down in fantasy and uh, in Survivor today. It looked like Survivor, they had control yeah. of this game. What a crazy Survivor day, by the way. Pittsburgh yep. looked dead, dead men yeah. walking for like two and a half hours. Somehow they bailed that game out, and the Chargers looked like they had this one locked up. You know, Carolina and bingo. Arizona. Carolina and Arizona, too. I'm sure people had. Yeah, I had Arizona, so I suffered through that. Not only that, I talked uh, Kevin Kadok, our colleague, into using Arizona, and his pool was like 10 times the size of what I was playing Ugh. for. So, um, you know, if, if Kadok doesn't take my calls for a few weeks, I'll understand. But Night Arizona's my best bet, man. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Get out your Chargers bingo card, the missed kick, check, the bad tipped interception, <laughs> check. You know, Anthony Lynn looking confused, Phillip Rivers throwing his hands up in the air. Just one of those games, it's like, how did the Chargers find a way to lose this game? But at least Keenum, you know, at least he's competent enough that we can feel good about Sanders and Sutton and also Philip Lindsay, man. I wish somebody had told me yes. before the season how good this guy is. I don't have him in any of my teams. Thank God for DFS where you can plug him in here and there. That guy, man, pound for pound, he might be the toughest running back in the league. I'm a Denver Bronco fan. I'm the person who's always drafting. Like, I'm the person who drafted Cortland Sutton at the beginning of the year. I hadn't even heard of Philip Lindsay at the beginning of the season. I, I'm just as surprised as you guys are. That's no help. You're supposed to know that stuff. I know. I usually am. Another team that that gave one away at the end, the Packers, Matt, uh, suggests Aaron Jones. He has about a, a little bit over 100 yards total from scrimmage with two touchdowns. He looked great on Thursday night. Yeah, Mike McCarthy is dancing for his life. Uh, he probably needs to provide a playoff berth, and it's going to be hard in the NFC. Oh, There's yeah. too many good teams. I think this might be the game that knocks them out, but he needs to ride Aaron Jones. I think he realizes it. 
And finally, he's going to get, I don't know if he held the suspension against Jones or if they just were so in love with the Williams pass blocking. But I mean, look, everybody can see that maybe Jones isn't made out to have 20 plus touches a week, but he should be their featured back. And I don't see how even Mike McCarthy can deny this going forward. Yeah, it's simple for me. If he gets anywhere close to the five or six targets like he has last two games, he's a top 10 fantasy back easy. I mean, with upside of top five, obviously, that with that quarterback, you know, helping him, obviously, with Rodgers, but just the, the player himself. Imagine, you know, a stud player in a system with, with Rodgers at QB could be a terrific combination. I don't totally buy it's going to happen, but if they keep him involved as a receiver, uh, huge upside for Aaron Jones. All right, let's move into our final segment of this Sunday night episode, our pickups. For the week, lightning round, Scott, why don't you get us started with Tracon Smith? Yeah, 10 for 157 and a touchdown. He had 12 catches into today. Zero catches, zero targets last week, right? Yeah. 24% owned. You want a piece of the Saints offense, as great as the Chiefs and Rams are. It might be the Saints who are actually the easiest team to bankroll right now. Look, there's room for a second receiver. They, they couldn't get Des Bryant going because he got hurt. I don't think Brandon Marshall is going to be anything. You want Peyton in your life. You want Breeze in your life. That means you want T- Traquan Smith. Yeah, you know, uh, if I use him enough in the booms, busts, and breakouts, uh, he's bound to hit once. I, I think I've used him two or three times. So, but yeah, he's uh, he really impressed with some inter- intermediate routes too. I thought he'd just have to hit one over the top, but man, great he looks point. like another great point. He's running more uh, routes than I thought. I thought he was just going to be a specialist for a while, but I don't think that anymore. I don't know what they're doing with Des Bryant and Brandon Marshall or whatever, but Traquan Smith clearly looks. They have another explosive playmaker there, just loaded with weapons. Um, so uh, my, my pickup is, uh, is, is DJ Moore, uh, a guy had been dropped. Uh, I was surprised he only owned like 37% of leagues. I look because I guess he's coming off a couple of, of clunkers and one was a favorable schedule. Man, he nearly had a 95-yarder today. Darius Slay caught him from behind, but he just looks really good. I know it's going to be inconsistent, obviously, in that offense and whatnot, but there are a couple favorable matchups down the stretch. And at that, at that ownership, uh, DJ Moore, I mean, he looked like a fun guy. Did, did you watch him today, PNL? I did. I did love the first-round pedigree. I actually added him and dropped him in a league and grossly regret it uh, he looks like he's going to be somebody I, mean, I could see him being maybe a fifth round pick next year i i really like dj Moore, and i wish i had more shares i do have a lot of josh adams and it was kind mm-hmm. of a trick-or-treat outing today he had the 10 touches he had the uh, 72 total yards and a touchdown but the game got out of hand he couldn't play all that much but i like the fact that he's been philadelphia's most effective back for about a month now and he's actually getting some work in the passing game i wasn't sure if he'd get any of it but he had three catches today. That's all I want. I don't want him to be a two-down back. I want him to be somebody who at least catches the ball a little bit. Philadelphia is desperate. They're not getting much out of Smallwood. They've never viewed Clement as a starting player. I think Adams is going to have some blow-up games. Today was okay. He did a lot on 10 touches, and the touchdown is the ultimate deodorant. But I think he's going to be getting 18 to 20 touch games in the not-so-distant future. I think he's a very solid locked running back two going forward. Yeah, 32% on Dalton, round and round and round the Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback carousel goes. Tell me why I should own Jameis Winston. I mean, Fitzmagic looks done. He's got to be now. I know that quarterback is a deep position, and it's tough recommending a guy who's at risk of an in-game suspension. But Winston looked good. I mean, 200 yards, two TDs today. That interception late was just going to show up on the stat sheet. But he came in getting 8.0 YPA. He got 8.7 in the second half. Last year, I know the interceptions look ugly, but they have so many weapons on offense, horrible defense, struggling running game. I mean, that's just a perfect recipe for fantasy success. He was even he's been running more than usual. I mean, there's just an easy path to a QB one down the stretch here. And I I would be shocked now if they don't just let him ride out the rest of the season. I would love it if he got an in-game suspension. That would actually be something. I think Jameis Winston could do it. But remember also, they're getting pushed. They're getting pushed by their defense being terrible, too. That really helps. 
for sure. Did I say in-game suspension? I meant in-game benching, obviously, if I did. But uh, you know what? I think well. I think it was a Freudian slip because I think Winston could yeah. actually get suspended in the middle of a game. If I had uh, to pick one is, player to do it, I think he's the guy right. I would go with. Like of all the people in the NFL, he could like like uh, Adam Schefter could just report in like the between the first and second quarter. Oh, some tape of Jameis Winston at a Disneyland. He was making lewd gestures on Splash Mountain. He's been suspended for the second. I believe it all with Jameis Winston. Anyway, sticking with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Scott, tell me about Adam Humphreys. Yeah, I mean, Adam Humphreys. Look, I, he's not Mike Evans, but sounds like Sean Jackson's kind of getting phased out. Humphreys is only 14 percent owned. In Yahoo leagues, and if you played him in DFS or as a, a hail mary flex guy, five of the last six games you probably got more than you expected. Yeah, sixty yards and a touchdown today. He had a two touchdown game not that long ago against Carolina, and he really hasn't had a bad game since the Cleveland game in the middle of October. Seems like he works pretty well with with Winston. We know the slot is where guys yeah. can easier get open. You get the more defined throws, and, and a lot of times the, the worse coverage. So. I think Adam Humphreys, again, the defense is terrible. The quarterback play, at least they move the ball against everybody. I know they throw a ton of interceptions. That's why they don't win games. But every week I expect this team to throw for 300 yards plus. I expect this team to throw 40-plus passes because their defense is horrendous. And that means Adam Humphreys, to me, is going to be probably a top 35 receiver the rest of the way. You know, next week you don't have your Rams. You don't have your Chiefs. You may Mm -hmm. need Adam Humphreys. And I think you might wind up playing him longer than that one week. I think he could be a receiver three the rest of the way. Yeah, I like the call. Historically, I know recently Fitzpatrick got to him, but but historically Winston is, is favored, Humphreys and O.J. Howard mm-hmm. more. So I, I like that call. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me, guys, on this Sunday night edition of the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. Liz will be back a day early this week on Wednesday. It's Turkey Day week. It's Thanksgiving week. We're going to do an accelerated week. The podcast will come to you a day early You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Submit your questions to us at Yahoo Fantasy on Twitter. I'm at Brett Raider. That's at Dalton Del Don. That's at Scott underscore Pianowski. We are out.